0: And this morning, I want to employ us to open our hearts towards this subject. <laughs> it's a beautiful subject, and it's meant for us to be this this peculiar nation that God has, has has appointed us to be. And our key scripture is found in the in the book of First Peter, chapter two, verses nine. But you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and the perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I have been called out of darkness, and my aim in life is really to become who God has called me to become. I have been saved. I don't know about you, but I have been saved from a lot. Sin, sometimes we, we thought we would, I don't know, we could simplify being lost and, and simplify being in darkness and simplify being saved by God's grace until we lose the 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 depth of it. We have been found by God by grace. And the darkness that we fight against can never be fought by anything but by the blood of Jesus. And so if we had to if we had to become anything on earth after being purchased with this price, we have to become this peculiar nation. We we have to demonstrate how special we are. It is these are the virtues that always needs to be seen in our lives the virtue of moral excellence the virtue of quality of character and i cannot express it enough that serving is one of the things that needs to be found in our lives so i'm hoping that today you will understand that serving is work it's no lie serving is work but then how you interpret work is, is very important. Work is not what we have seen as displayed by the world. If there's anything, any beautiful thing that God has given us is a gift of work. And it's an opportunity, it's an honor to work. And if you don't interpret it as such, then you're gonna misunderstand what serving is. Work, can you believe it? God created Adam Puts him in this garden, and he gives him work. That's the first thing he did. Gives him work, because work brings meaning. It brings, it it fulfills you. I've seen people going into child centers to volunteer. One woman, which was, I, it was funny, guys. I have to say, I have to be honest. So this lady would actually go, she, she was a, um, how do I word this correctly? Is it housewife? Am I correct? But she didn't work, obviously. She wasn't looking for work either. <laughs> um, so she was a okay. She didn't have kids, so I can't say stay home mom, Please allow me to say uh, home executive. Thank you, home executive. So what she did was she would actually um, have a day, and she would come and sit at one of the 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 homes in in uh, mena gardens itemba and she would look after the kids and then she would come out smiling and one day i got an opportunity to talk to her and she said you know what i love coming here after i've i've held those babies i feel so refreshed and fulfilled that's what serving is supposed to do as much as it's work it's not supposed to do the other feeling and the exhausting And yes, you could be tired after work, but not to then despise what you are doing and you go into this routine where you hate going to work. It's not supposed to be like that. It's the enemy stealing what God has set as a gift. That's why we have people that go into depression if they're not working. They're not, their parents could provide their needs. Their friends could take them out for free. But because they don't work, they could be depressed. It's because there is a there's something special about work. And if you work for provision, what happens is you go into a routine when your needs go higher because you're thinking your work provides for you, then you go after wanting more money. Then you're not aware what what kind of work you now do. That's the world system. We serve. And then God out of our gifts, supply our needs. That's why, that's why that you find people that despise what they do. It's because they're no longer serving, they're now doing a job, which is now not the gift that God has set for us. So when we talk about serving today, can we use that interpretation of work? The right one. Can okay. Now, the Word of God um, talks many things about serving, and God wants us to serve. He's, Jesus is like encouraging us, and we're going to go through things that Jesus has done to really encourage us to serve. But what makes serving just so unpopular? It's so unpopular. The first one is, is it's because we... we, we how, what I've just said about work But also we go as far as slavery We think ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I'm being made a slave here I'm being made a servant or a maid or something And it goes Exactly to that mindset God God Wants us to know That whatever we do It's an extension of something For instance In my home I have a lady that helps me And um, She does what I should be doing. She's an extension of me. I will never ask her to do what I would not do. So what I do is I, because she's able to do that, I pay her, which is what employment is. So the, the, the owner of a company wants to sell a product but they don't have time to go market the product, so they hire someone to do that. It's an extension of what they can do. Have you seen how humbling it is when you're, like, the top position, a person on the top position goes to do what you don't expect him to do? And you're like, oh, my manager just did that. It's so, it's humbling, eh? And then you go back and you do it so well because you know they can do it. (laughs) You know? They they don't, they, if you don't, if you, if you're slacking, if you, if you resign unexpectedly, they they would actually go and do it. They don't. So, they, it's an extension of them. And uh, unless you can do what they want, what they can do, they feel like you're not doing enough. So you have to do more than what they can do. Then you're vulnerable to them, you're worth keeping. It's the same thing with God. He wants us to partner with him in servicing his people. But we have to do, that's what Christ did. You will do more than what I did. Unless we do more than what he did, then what's the point? So don't regard it as slavery. Jesus can do what he's asking you to do. He's not calling you to become his maid. So correct your understanding. Let serving be popular in your heart. When, when serving is too demanding, when we feel like we have being pointed to do things, then you just don't want to do them. Um, uh, it's, it, it just it sucks the fun out of it. That's why it's so easy to do when you're not told, and it's just flowing out of you. It's easier, but when... <laughs> When you're not appreciated, it's hard to serve. When your best is just not enough, it's hard to serve. When you feel like you're not making an impact, as if it's just a drop in a sea. And when you, when your assistance is not welcome, it's hard to serve. In Mark 10 Verses 42 Now these uh, two wonderful men That the Bible exposes Obviously the names are there It's not hidden They were uh, Trying to be nice to Jesus Just you know offering their services You know what we're gonna sit Can we sit You know next to you and, and take up the position with you. And you know, when you get to heaven, I'll be on the left and my brother will be on the right. And and all of that. And then Jesus in the scripture is addressing that a, an act of service, what, whatever it is, if you want greatness, it's not about a position. It's not about a position. So Jesus says, Jesus called them together. Now he's saying, oh, there's a disaster here. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them not so with you instead whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all talk about addressing the matter He was not cutting them to size. He was just addressing the matter. So every man's desire, we want to be great. Guys, these guys were not wrong. I mean, if I had, you heard Jesus is coming, where would you want to sit? Except for to sit next to him. But just to pose a question, can God trust you with greatness? Can God trust you with greatness because if he if he can trust you with service then he can trust you with greatness have you ever seen someone who is in a position to okay don't point politicians guys we're here we're here have you ever seen someone who is in a position to serve people but they they can't serve them they're greedy they're exercising authority they don't They're not, they're unjust, they're unkind, they're not loving. How bad that looks. It's that, that's, that's what God designed being great to be, that you start serving because then you'll be properly great. You would not suck at your greatness. So if God can trust you with greatness, though, what do you have to offer to the world? Have you discovered your gifts yet? Because saving can only happen smoothly from a place of gifting and anointing and grace. Have you discovered if God gives you an opportunity to serve, will you even know what to do? There are people that find easy to talk to people, find easy to be in the background, find it easy to go out and be on on the street. Have you sat down to think what has God given you? What is a God given, God given gift for you to save the world? Because at the end of the day, if you want the greatness, then take up the challenge to serve. But then you can't serve from a place of guilt and and of um, you know when you a place of duty. It has to come from a place of gifting. Guess what? God placed that gift because He knew He wants to harvest from it. If He gave you a gift of compassion, then what are you doing with that gift of compassion? If He gave you a gift of hospitality, what have you done with that gift of hospitality? Because that's what the world needs. And it would make sense for you not to um, operate outside your gifting, outside your grace, because then it would become a job. And it doesn't have God's reward. Look at what Jesus says in Mark ten forty five: For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as ransom for many. Now then, another question is, how low can you get? Cause the life of savers has something to do with losing your pride. If you think about it, Jesus, if he, if he, he puts up that statement to be, to serve and not to be served, what he did was to go on the cross. It was a death of shame. There is an element of shame with saving. And unless you get that, you are not going to be able to fully exercise the gifting that you have. So ask yourself, how low can you get? Because the lower you get, the sweeter it gets. element that comes also with serving is you know kids struggle to share right do you know that it's not just kids who struggle to share it's human nature can you go last because the life of serving is asking you to go last can you let other people go before you Are you able to take the piece that doesn't look nice and reserve the better piece for another? Are you able to share what God has blessed you with? If you think about it, it's the behavior of a child. I think if God is calling us to serving, He's calling us to maturity, really. John 10, verses 10. Jesus cares about the wellness of his people. The thief comes only to still kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. God cares about your wellness. Not that he cares about you coming to church or raising your hands to say you give your life. He cares about your wellness. He just, he doesn't... Um, You know when somebody gives you a a cover of the book, but not to really give you the book. God wants us to get every single benefit of what he has for us. That's why in chapter 11 of Matthew, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you think about it, these are not happy people. These are not people that everything is going well. I mean, heavy laden, I mean that person is not well. And yet we want to associate with people that are well. The people that need rest are the people that are lost, are the people that don't have much. They. God cares about their relief. I want us to go through a couple of scripture and just abstract a few things that God was um, intentional about giving us rest and, and, and taking care of our well-being. God cares about the brokenhearted. Luke 7 verses 13, this woman comes in, she's crying. And she's approaching Jesus. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. I That's, that's important to, to highlight. Do not weep. As in, go back to a state of wellness. If you don't weep, go back to the state of wellness. If you read further, Jesus goes on to then um, resurrect his son. But if you think about it, it's about the brokenhearted, people that are going through stuff, people that are going through bereavement. God cares about those people. And if you have to have a heart of a servant, you need to be aware of that. Chapter 15 of Matthew 32, That's that's number one brokenhearted number two god cares about those that are less fortunate i don't want to use the word poor because i don't want you to to maybe use it on the same line as those that need christ because we've we've talked about preaching the gospel to the poor just to be different today and say those that are less fortunate Less fortunate, they could have Christ. They could possibly be born again, and they're rich in spirit, but they're less fortunate. They don't have food. They don't have clothes. Chapter 15 of Matthew is, in chapter 32, it says, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for, this, for the people because they They have remained with me now three days and had nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. This always just bugs me a lot. Um, I work with students. Students are very private people. You'll be lucky to have a student that tells you I do not have food. So you have to probe. (laughs) Are you fine? Have you eaten? What did you cook? You know, just to make sure they've eaten. There's absolutely nothing that will break your heart as having met someone at church and discover much later that they haven't been eating for a couple of days. And it happens. Jesus cares if we feed the people. He cares. It goes as far as as saying, if you, if you give to the poor, you're lending to him. He goes as far as if what, what you did for them, you did for me. Those that are in hospitals, those that are, are in jail. That's how serious he is about making everyone well. Number three, he cares for the sick. Matthew 14, 14. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. you think about it. This was after Jesus had spent time. I'm thinking he should be coming out with a long, powerful sermon. He comes out and he feels compassion and he heals the sick. They met her. I, I... been discouraged to pray for the sick thinking gosh come on I need just one person who's broken and their, their leg is like fixed you know I need just one person I would lay hands quickly and they're saying the headache is, is gone now immediately I'm like Lord come on I, I don't want to pray for the sick anymore if they're not going to get healed you never said about anyone walking away not healed we can be discouraged like that. But we can't be. That discouragement, we have to deal with it very quickly because it's God who heals. And we have to pray for the sick. I love the fact that we started laying the hands on the sick here because people need to be healed. We can't rely on medical aid and hospitals. God can heal. He's intentional about it. Am I dying? Am I dying? Okay, I'm still so fine. Okay. He cares about the loss. That's number four. Matthew 9: to 37. When he saw the crowds, he had what? He had compassion on them because they were confused, helpless, like a sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. I cannot tell you how much God wants to see the good news being pushed to the poor, being pushed to the lost. And it just requires someone who's saying, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve. I'm going to take my time. And I'm going to go a little bit low. And I'm going to just share the good news. I'm just going to embarrass myself, humiliate myself because probably this person is going to look at me like, but I'm still going to share because it's what has taken me out of the darkness into the light. The harvest is plentiful. It's the workers that are few. I think I am dying. There's there's a a couple of things that I think we would love to see as the church is is people being on fire to share the good news. And I would like to encourage you beyond what you think you can do because it's not about that. It's about the compassion that has been stirred within you. Go for the lost. Let's go for the lost. I'm, I'm preaching to myself as well. Ephesians two verses ten. It talks about us being created for good works. I need to we've dealt with the work part. <laughs> so here God was deliberate about creating these things and it's good work that we can walk into. It's good work, all of this, the four things. It's good work that has been already set for us to walk into. It's not from our efforts. It's not from um, a place of strife. So I'm going to emphasize again, serving is a gift of work, but good work that has been set before us. Serving is an act of compassion. Unless you are moved by something, you will never serve a you um, a person that works with technical stuff whether computers, unless you are moved with compassion, that people need information. I'm going to make sure that these computers work so that people get this information. Information enlightens people. Be moved by compassion. Unless what you're doing, you if you're not moved with compassion, that's like your first indicator. Everything that Jesus did, I wanted you to keep highlighting compassion. I love this one, this part. When you're moved with compassion, it's sweeter when it's done for free. Have you ever bought someone something that they cannot afford? Have you seen how happy they get? It's like, you've done something magnificent. It's because they couldn't afford and you gave them for free. So when you're serving, keep it in your mind. It's sweeter when it's free. When you're not expecting payment, it's sweeter. Then it's just a bonus when you get payment for it. It's humbling when it's unexpected. When you're not expecting something to happen and, and it just does. When you're, you're not expecting someone to do this thing for you and they just do. It's humbling. We need to humble the world. The world needs to be humbled. And, and when you, when you touch the right button, they get to ask you, who is your God? Why, why did you do it? Cause they, they didn't expect it. It's special when it's just right. Have you ever been given a gift and it's exactly what you wanted? Wouldn't it be nice for us to surprise the world and do things that are just what they need? Just what they need. This happens when it's not about you, it's about this other person. Then you are able to do that. It's life-changing when it's undeserving. When it's... When somebody does something and your reaction is totally different and you, you just serve them, it's life-changing. That's what Jesus did with us. You hear the, the story of the gospel. It was undeserving. So our lives are changed. The world does not deserve whatever you can offer. But guess what? It will make them get the rest that God wants them to get. It will get them the life that is full that Christ has for them. In closing, I'm so happy. It's 10 plus five, 10. That's so good. That is so good, because last time I preached until towards 11, so I'm happy. (laughs) So I've got four questions for you, and I just want you to ponder on it. After everything that we've spoken, after everything that you feel like God is enlightening, after every thought that has dropped in your head, maybe a a thought to say, "Uh uh-uh. This is, this can't be true, eh? Serving can't be this pleasant. Well, it is. But I want you to commit. Because it has to, we have to be deliberate. If we want to be this particular nation, we have to be deliberate. Who are you going to serve? What is being stirred up within your heart? Compassion. Who are you going to serve? I want you to write a name. I want you to write somebody there. It's either it's a company, it's a person, it's an organization. Who? Write it down. I know that while I was talking, the Holy Spirit has been staring something in people's hearts. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. I want you to write it down and commit to it. Because as soon as you walk out, you're going to forget. And you're going to feel like you've failed yourself when you remember what God has told you and you haven't done it. Where are you going to serve? Where are you going to serve? That goes for the church. That goes for some organization outside. Where are you going to go? There has to be a deliberate, deliberate plan Sorry, of you going. It's, an, it's intentional. It's a deed. It's an act. How are you going to serve? Remember, There's levels of serving, what you can do and what you can employ to do. I can't go to buy groceries, but I want the groceries, so I give money. I'm employing. Or I'm actually putting together a team. I'm employing. Hey, guys, I really want us to do this. But my schedule is tight, but I want this done. It's being stayed in my heart. So you're advocating, you're employing. There's other other things, other things you can think of as I'm speaking. So that's a how. Others are ambassadors of, of organizations that are doing good. We're doing eye care. We can't do what they're doing. But we're sort of ambassadors. We put together events and we, and we, and and we champion food drives. We, we go there, visit for that particular time, but we can't be there all the time. So what we do, we become ambassadors. We employ. So how are you going to serve? When are you going to serve? Ah, I love this one. Commitment, commitment. <laughs> commitment, commitment. Please write a when. <laughs> when are you going to serve? Obviously, if you've written different items, all of them meet your your, your your Commitment.